Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. You can find me over at Derek Tate NFL over on X. That is the one and only Kyle Sapi. You can find him over at Kyle Sapi PFN on X, formerly known as Twitter. Sapi, all good things must come to an end. For now, we have the Week 18 DFS episode here on the PFN Fantasy Podcast. Got to ask you, how are you doing? I know you don't have any fantasy leagues going, which is why we got to formulate ourselves a plan with a DFS lineup for the Sunday slate. Oh, yeah. No, and this is an interesting week when it comes to DFS because you've got a lot of season-long players that haven't been playing DFS all season long. So you're looking at there's biases that come into place. I don't know how rostered Tony Pollard's going to be because he killed everybody in their season-long league. And even though he's in a great spot in a division title spot, are people going to hold that against him? You've got things like that. You've got people left, right, and center sitting. Like, there's a lot to consider this week. We're going to go through all of that in this episode, but I'm focusing on the teams that have motivation. It's not rocket science here. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Speaking of motivation, we always like to set the bar pretty high. We come out firing here with a quarterback wide receiver stack for every single one of these DFS episodes. So this week is no different. Who is the quarterback wide receiver combination that you like heading into the Sunday slate for the season finale? Yeah, we're going to We're going to end the season kind of where we started it, and that's with this guy hyping up Trevor Lawrence because that's what I seem to do. And we took off like a a three-and-a-half-month stretch there because he really wasn't doing much, but he's moving in the right direction here, assuming he's back. Obviously, he sat last week. I would expect him to be back this week with the division title on the line. You've got the Titans. They're a pass funnel. We know that. We just saw Travis Etienne go bonkers against the Panthers, but again, that was against the Panthers. It was also without Trevor Lawrence. So I think Etienne could garner some ownership, which obviously – is going to drag stuff away from Lawrence and this passing game. He could have Christian Kirk back. Zay Jones is practicing. Calvin Ridley's healthy. Evan Ingram just does his thing every single week. So I think you can go one, if not two of his pass catchers, shuffle them up, deal however you want. I think the Cowboys are going to be very, very chalky because they should be. They're playing the Commanders with all the incentive in the world. So if you want to get off of that, the Jags are playing for a lot too, and they're actually healthy compared to where they've been find that to be an interesting take because Trevor Lawrence, while I understand the thought process, they've got something to play for. They're going up against Tennessee Titans who have, I think they've been a little up and down against the pass this year, but yep. certainly they're not an elite secondary by, by any stretch of the imagination. So I get it. I understand. It's speaking of things to play for though. And hear me out here. I know that this team has been eliminated from playoff contention, but the Chicago Bears have to make a decision on Justin yep. Fields this upcoming offseason. He's got one more game, whether it is to try to convince the coaching staff and the Bears organization that he is their guy heading into 2024 and beyond, or whether or not he's trying to audition for 31 other teams in the National Football mm-hmm. League to entice the Bears to part ways with Justin Fields and make a significant offer. Either way, he's got himself a matchup against the Green Bay Packers. We have come full circle, Sappy. They met in week one. They meet in week 18. (laughs) And here we are with the Green Bay Packers yet again on the final game of the regular season with an opportunity to punch their ticket to the postseason potentially at home against (laughs) a division rival. Yeah, let's not revisit what happened last year. (laughs) I know. I I understand. I'm not trying to twist the knife there. I promise. Uh, but it is interesting to me that, you know, Fields, I thought, played one of his best games as a passer in the yeah. elements last week. And he's got DJ Moore, who Moore is a top five fantasy wide receiver in PPR formats this year. 
And the Packers, Soppy, over the last three games have allowed an average of 265 yards through the air. So assuming DJ Moore is able to get on the football field again, maybe they rally around Justin Fields. Fields has a big moment to be able to make one final definitive statement against the Packers. I'm not saying that they're going to beat Green Bay, but I expect Justin Fields to play the best he's capable <laughs> and to see what's going to happen. I think he could have a, a pretty nice day against the Green Bay Packers who are struggling on the back end recently. Hey, if this game's 38 to 20 like it was in week one, Justin Fields can go bonkers for all I care. I'm fine with that. But if you do play Fields, I would recommend stacking him with more because without more going off, Fields probably doesn't. I don't think he goes for 175 rushing yards, Colin Kaepernick style against the Packers. So I would stack that like you're doing here if you're going to go that direction. Speaking of going a direction, where do we want to go with the running back position along with your Jag stack, Soppy, for this week 18 Sunday slate? You mentioned a team having to evaluate what they have moving forward more so than playing for a playoff spot this week. That's what I've got in Vegas here with Zamir White. We've seen him fill in for Josh Jacobs. I don't think any of us really think Jacobs is going to be around for next season. Had the one-year deal, and he's he's clearly not happy there. That is what it is. But Zamir White, at least 20 touches in three straight games. I don't see any reason why that would change this week against the Broncos defense that allows five yards to carry. That's the highest in the league. This is a good spot for a team that... I think they want to see more out of White than they do O'Connell at this point. Maybe they want to see both. They get White going in the pass game and the running game. He's going to be efficient on the ground. If he can get a few, maybe a handful of targets, you could be looking at a top 10 day from White in a week that's goofy because you've got a lot of guys sitting or potentially sitting or potentially playing half of the game and then sitting. Like There's a lot of moving pieces here. I think what we get from White, a fourth-round pick in 2022, is pretty consistent with what we've seen in the past, and that's, that's gold at this point in the season. I would agree that they're going to want to get a close look at Zamir White one more game as kind of the leading man in this backfield. I won't say he's the feature player, but he is the leading option out of this backfield, and it's been pretty productive. Got to tip my hat to Zamir White. He certainly has made the most of his opportunity with an expanded role with Josh Jacobs out of the lineup. For me, despite him not having the age thing going for him with potential evaluation, in week 18 and the team not playing for anything other than pride, James Conner played really well so against good. the Philadelphia Eagles last week, Soppy. And this team, despite them being eliminated from playoff contention, they're still playing hard for Jonathan Gannon. And they pulled off a big upset. And a big reason why was Conner, 128 yards on the ground and a score. Uh, he's now scored in three out of his last four games, and they have no he- reservations to leaning on Connor, you know, to finish out the season despite them not playing for much of anything other than pride. So James Connor against a Seattle defense that has given up an average of 180 yards rushing per game right. over the last three games against a divisional opponent and a running back that's still seeing, seeing a ton of volume I'm okay with stacking James Conner in week 18. It's risky. I don't think anybody's against the matchup here in the spot and the form and all that stuff is playing into your favor here. And I do think you get an ownership discount because of the age of Conner, because of the lack of motivation. I think you could be onto something here is when it comes to a low ownership play that seems kind of obvious. If this was week 14 and everything was at hand, I think James Conner would be very chalky. I think he'd be a popular play. I'm not sure that's going to be the case this week. So if that's your angle and you think he's going to play four quarters, I think you I think you got to play there. 
Speaking of play, you want to hit the play button on all of our videos here over at the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. So go ahead, subscribe, hit the like button, click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new bit of video content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. And just because the regular season is coming to an end, that doesn't mean we're going to stop pumping out football Fantasy football, dynasty football, fantasy football content all throughout the 2024 offseason. In fact, if anything, we might ramp things up. So make oh, sure yeah. you uh, you subscribe, hit the like button, support the channel. We really appreciate all the love and support. Then, if you're listening via audio podcast, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. A five-star review is something that helps us get off to a good start and you know puts us in the right frame of mind as we start the 2024 calendar year. Also, check out some of the fantasy tools that we have over at pfnfantasy.com, like our DFS optimizer, our fantasy trade analyzer, and our start set optimizer for you crazy folks that are still playing with, you know, something on the line in week 18 uh, in your fantasy football league. You can check out all those tools over at pfnfantasy.com. And look, player prop players, you still need to listen up. The NFL regular season is almost over, and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus of on deposits of 20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. In the holiday season, look, it may be coming to a close, but the great gear over at pfnmerch.com is still going strong. You can get your exclusive merchandise like this cup right here or this hat uh, to rep your team fandom, support the brand, or make fun of your fantasy football league mates by going to pfnmerch.com today. Soppy. Whew. All right. <laughs> After that read, we got to dig into the quarterback position for this Sunday slate in week 18. Who are some guys that stand out to you with what is a limited pool and a bunch of backups getting the starting nod with teams not playing for anything in week 18? Yeah, and maybe I'm just, you know, not aggressive enough here, but I'm not going to go to these backups. You can't get me putting my harder – like, I work – Way too hard for my money to put it on Sam Darnold and rolling the dice with somebody that we've seen for a few years here struggle just because he's playing backups and has opportunities. So I'm going to go to the games that mean something. A, a crazy take, I know. Dak Prescott going to be very, very popular this week, as he should be. He's playing the commanders that allow three more points a game than anybody in the league. There's no concern there, but I do think... It's an option. If you want to differentiate elsewhere, Dak Prescott, obviously a good play. Jordan Love. Your guy, Jordan Love. You've been right on this. I'm not going to hide from that. He's been better than I thought he would be. And it's kind of the volume. I mean, he's completed at least 24 passes in four of his last five games. That could that That's a nice floor against a Bears defense that we know is better against the run than they are the pass. We're looking at Christian Watson probably back. Jaden Reed, I would assume, keeps playing through things. You've got Romeo Dobbs. You've got Tucker Kraft. Like, this is sneaky a deep offense here and a team that's motivated to win the drop 38 on the bears in week one if they do that again you are printing money with a Packers stack I get the Packers have something to play for Jordan Love has certainly even even I was starting to get really uneasy after a pretty good start it was an ugly like four or five week straight stretch there uh, around October and even into November, but then things started to click. Jordan Love has started playing a lot better ball. I'm interested to see how they play against this Chicago Bears defense that has, quite frankly, been playing much better oh, yeah. uh, over the last month or so. Dak Prescott, that makes sense. Kind of chalky. For me, it's Derek Carr. Uh, Alvin sure. Kamara right now is dealing with an ankle injury. He did not finish the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in Week 17. 
the Saints are fighting for their playoff lives. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blow their opportunity to clinch the division, which they will, that's how that division works. That, <laughs> nothing, some, hey. nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna win that division. There's gonna be a bunch of teams that lose it. Well, I mean, just for example, I mean, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the to the Carolina Panthers, who's to say that the Saints and the Falcons don't end in a Nobody. tie? What would be more exactly. appropriate? <laughs> but uh, but Derek Carr, if Alvin Kamara is limited or unavailable or not 100%, they're going to have to lean on Derek Carr. And earlier this year, Carr did throw for 304 yards. He didn't have any scores, but apparently he was able to churn out yards through the air. I could see them having to lean on Derek Carr's arm yet again if Alvin Kamara is either a no-go or if he's not at 100%. Um, could see Derek Carr being a decent pay-down option, and they have something still to play for, Sapi. so I'm not rolling the dice on a backup quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And a nice high floor from Carr at the very least, and Kamara plays or not, it's not like we're talking about Derek Henry here. Kamara playing could still help Carr. Like, you're still talking a lot of those dump-off passes where he's an elevator. You're not talking about a guy that gets 25 carries that takes volume off of Carr's plate, so I don't mind that play, especially if you're paying down and want to pay up elsewhere. Cars had 10 touchdown passes over the last four games. You can live with that type of floor. Oh, yeah. Soppy, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Who are some other wideouts outside of, well, I guess the nameless Jacksonville pass catcher, potentially, uh, to pair with Trevor Lawrence uh, for this Week 18 Sunday slate? I think if you're going to the top of the board, you kind of got to look at DK Metcalf here. They've got a great matchup against a Cardinals team that allows more red zone trips than anybody in the world. But DK Metcalf's role I mean, he's an alpha receiver averaging 17 yards a catch. That's hard to find in any matchup, let alone a perfect one here. You're talking about him and Brandon Ayuk that have a role like that, that see targets at this volume that average that high of yards per catch. That, to me, is more than enough when you factor in the touchdown equity that comes against a team like the Cardinals. Brandon Cooks, if you're going with Dak Prescott and you want to get off CD Lamb, maybe that's a way to have Dak and be a little unique here, although I have... Kind of a hard time thinking that Dak has a big game without CD doing something there, but we know Brandon Cooks trending in the right direction, been used in the red zone, made plays last week. He's been making plays for about a month and a half here. He looks the part and primed to go in to the postseason in good form. And Christian Kirk, like I mentioned it with the Jags, and I'll, I'll go back to that. The window is open for him to return from this groin injury. Anytime somebody sees questionable or did not practice or anything on the player card when you're scrolling through your DraftKings FanDuel, whatever, they they hesitate. There's a lot of players still playing. You could easily get past Kirk, but he is priced as if he's pretty much not playing. If he plays, I don't want to say he's a free square, but as far as starters in motivational spots go, I don't know how you're going to do much better than that. Kirk very much on my radar, assuming we get limited practices and good news heading into the weekend. I mean, all the matchups make sense, even though Metcalf has, I don't think he's ever had 70 yards receiving yeah, against, against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, it's just never really come together. But the matchup, um, from what we've seen from the Arizona defense throughout the majority of this year, kind of makes sense for me and a must-win spot for the Seahawks to be able to stay yep. and keep their playoff hopes alive. So I'm with you with them relying on DK Metcalf, of course, Cooks versus Washington. And Kirk's a great play if he is active in Week 18. For me, I... I'm going to pick on another secondary that has really struggled and a guy that's coming off of one of his most productive fantasy outings of his NFL career. And I know it's not a popular one, but Wandale Robinson um, of the New York Giants going up against, you talk about pass funnels, Soppy. The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles secondary has been exactly that this year. In particular, they've really struggled with 
talented slot players, being able to work the middle of the field underneath routes. Uh, and Wandale Robinson kind of fits that bill right now because of the limitations of what's under center for the New York Giants. Um, and I, I could see them trying to, you know, get a closer look. Speaking of teams that are in an evaluation mode, um, I could see them getting a closer look and having another busy day for Wandale Robinson against this Philadelphia secondary. And if you're new and this is for, you know, I know experienced players have this under control, but if you're new to DFS and you're just joining us, first of all, welcome. Thank you for taking your time to check out the podcast and to get into DFS because it's a lot of fun. It's a one-week season, all that good stuff. But a guy like Wandell Robinson, to me, is a site-specific play. You've got DraftKings where it's full point PPR. He is infinitely more valuable in a spot like that because A, you're getting a point per reception, and B, it drags down the value of a touchdown. On FanDuel, touchdowns mean the world because you're not getting a point per reception. So inherently it's lower scoring with touchdowns still counting the same. It makes a big difference there. I'm not counting on Wondell Robinson to score. And if you are, you know, maybe you have a crystal ball and you can see the future here, but Wondell seeing five to seven catches holds a lot of value in a PPR league at his price on a site like DraftKings. Yeah. It's, it, it's also the price point. Like if you're paying up for some of these other elite options, because we have a lot of uncertainty oh, yeah. uh, when it comes to all the inactives and, and players and teams that have clinched things already heading into the season finale, then Robinson is one that kind of stands out to me a little bit, but I totally understand banking on a touchdown from Wandale Robinson or any giants pass catcher this year, not a sound strategy. And speaking of strategies, if you haven't heard, you got to check out ESPN's new sports betting app, ESPN Bet, because it's now live. Secure $250 in bonus bets by signing up with the link in the episode description and use promo code PSN and you will instantly have $200 in bonus bets in your account plus another $50 within 24 hours. Must physically be present in one of the 17 states that legally have ESPN Bet for bonuses, 21 plus and present in participating states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Soppy, let's move to the running back position. Who are some... Players that you could see having a busy day and finishing the season on a high note heading into Week 18. You mentioned a paydown option in Wandell Robinson. I'm going to go that direction with Tajay Spears against the Jags. If my Jags are going to put up a lot of points here and they won the first meeting by 20, I'm not saying they're going to do that again. I'm not saying they're not going to, but if they do that, Derrick Henry gets scripted out of the game. He might be out of the game anyway because he doesn't really want to be there. He's admitted as much. He says Tajay Spears is the future of this backfield. Why won't the Titans go that direction? He's seen at least six targets in four of his last five games. So you're talking, uh, again, back to the PPR. He could put up a Wandell Robinson type of stat line here, especially if they're playing from behind. The Jags have the fourth highest opponent pass rate over expectation. So I expect a pass heavy or a pass heavier script for the Tennessee than they really realistically want to or should be in. That puts Tajay Spears in a good pump play He's priced up a little bit from weeks past, but I'm still going that direction. And Khalil Herbert against my Packers. The Packers allow the seventh most yards per carry. Khalil Herbert is getting fed the rock early and often. I, If I was the Bears, I'd want to see what Roshan Johnson has a little bit more, but they're not super comfortable in handing him the ball much more than seven, eight times in a game. That means Herbert's getting his 15 to 18 looks in a game that they're going to want to keep I would think lower scoring. I don't think they're going to want to get in a shootout the way Jordan Love's playing lately. So Khalil Herbert would be a nice option there. He's got consecutive games with at least 18 carries, at least 110 rushing yards, and at least one rushing touchdown. That's good form to take into a division rival. Sapi, I can understand both of the logic behind both of your picks, you know, in the Tennessee and the Chicago backfield. It's Derrick Henry's last game game probably it's all or nothing yeah it's as a tennessee titan so and and they're at home division rival um could potentially keep a division opponent from making the playoffs 
I can see Derrick Henry having a busy day. I understand, though, that this kid is super talented and they want to get a closer look at him to, to ensure that that's who they're going to move forward with heading into the 2024 season uh, when they decide, if they decide to move on from Derrick Henry. Um, I I'm, I'm, I want to see more of Roshan Johnson. Johnson actually played pretty well last week along with uh, Khalil Herbert, who they made Donta Foreman inactive. This Bears backfield has been a, a headache all season long, but certainly the matchup against the Packers makes sense. For me, I'm going to go to the top of the board, Rashad White. The Buccaneers have a playoff berth and a division crown at stake against the team with the worst record in the NFL. One thing, though, Safi, worth keeping an eye on, though, Baker Mayfield is dealing with a rib injury. Mm -hmm. And if he's not 100%, do I see the Buccaneers, who stubbornly kept running the football despite how ineffective they were against the New Orleans Saints last week, do I see them trying to lean on Rashad White and this improved rushing attack? I do. And the Carolina Panthers are one of the teams that have struggled the most against opposing rushing attacks. They've given up north of 20 rushing touchdowns this season. They're among the league leaders in that category, uh, which means they give up a ton of fantasy points to opposing running backs. I could see the Buccaneers trying to lean heavily on the running game, in particular if Baker Mayfield's not 100%, and I think that they will have success against this Carolina defense. It's funny you bring up Baker. I think actually the healthier he is, the more it might help Rashad White's status because, let's face it, 11 carries for 42 yards last week. We don't think White's the greatest of runners. We don't. We know he's not the most efficient. Where he makes his bones is that passing game. And if they can get that going, I worry just a little bit, a little bit with the emergence of Chris Godwin here that White's role isn't quite as friendly as it once was, that it's more carries than it is catches. But even still, if he gets the work, obviously you're in a great matchup here. I don't have a problem with White. I don't think I'll be paying up all the way for him, but it's I'm not crossing him off my player pool by any means. Yeah, I mean, the four prior games to last week, I know they struggled against New Orleans Saints last week. But, carries every week, yeah. But, well, not only the carries count, but he was north of 80 yards rushing in four straight games, and two of those were 100-yard performances. So I still believe that Rashad White in this running game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is trending in the right direction despite a disappointing performance against the New Orleans Saints. Let's move to the tight end position. Soppy, who are we going with at the tight end position, which has been a an adventure, to say the least, in 2023? Yeah, and you know what gets easier to do? No. Tight end does not get easier to do when you start removing guys like Travis Kelsey from the realistic player pool here because they got nothing to play for. So we're taking rid of – we're getting rid of pretty much the only guys we trust here. Jake Ferguson – Against the Commanders, I don't know how many different ways I have to say the Commanders are terrible and the Cowboys are good. So, I mean, they're going to put up points. I would, You have to get exposure to this game, in my opinion. Whether you want to stack it up and get chalky that way, I, I personally am not going to go that route. But you have to one-off, whether it's Cooks, Pollard, Ferguson, I would get some exposure in some form or fashion to the Cowboys. Tucker Craft, if you're going to go Cleo Herbert, I, I don't mind going a mini stack here with Tucker Craft getting the Bears. 73.5% of the yards against the Bears come through the air. That's the second highest rate in the league. That's because of that, that stubborn run defense that we mentioned earlier. Tucker Craft obviously carving out a role here. We think Christian Watson's back. We think Jaden Reed's going to play. But neither one of them is 100%. Tucker Craft is progressing. He's developing. And he's healthy. He's got a 25-yard catch in three of his last four games. The upside is tough to find at the position, especially this week. But really across the board, Tucker Craft, a nice option at the tight end position. 
I'm on board with both of those guys. I also like one more player that has been a bit of a fantasy disappointment this year. And I mean, really the entire Philadelphia Eagles offense has been a bit of a headache, but Dallas Goddard is one that stands out to me heading into their season finale against the New York Giants. Uh, Demonte Smith picked up an ankle injury uh, against the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. in week 17, which he missed practice on Wednesday and while I understand the Eagles still have something to play for, is it necessary to roll Devontae Smith out there if he's not 100% when you know that this team has bigger goals than just winning their Week 18 matchup? Um, I think that that could be the case. If Devontae Smith is inactive, then I really like Dallas Goddard this week. Yeah, the concern here, and I think it'll pivot more off of ownership, is that if Dallas is up 100 points on Washington, like we think that they could be, that Philly potentially brings back their guys at halftime. I think that's kind of galaxy-braining 3D chess thinking, but it might draw some ownership off of him. And so, obviously, I don't have a problem with the matchup. And if Smith you know, sits and you're talking about 8 to 10 vacated targets, which you would think Goddard picks some up of. He's seen 24 targets in his last three games, so... You're looking at seven to nine targets either way. To me, that's a valuable spot. Of course, the disclaimer comes that he could be pulled at halftime should things go the way we think in Dallas. I understand. I know. It had to rain on my parade, but your Uh, points are very valid. Let the people know. That's all. They're very valid, Soppy. So let's move on to the defense special teams options that you like heading into the season finale. I'm going to mold this up into one because the the analysis is pretty much the same for the two Options I have here, the Buccaneers or the Jaguars, I think both teams have a real good chance at forcing their opponent to throw the ball, to be overly aggressive. And if you're telling me the Titans or the Panthers are going to be overly aggressive, yes, you can sign me up for that. I don't think the Buccaneers' defense is especially good, but the third and blitz rate, and if Carolina's throwing the ball, I don't really care who they're playing against. If Bryce Young is dropping back to throw the ball 40 times, I will take my chances in that spot against a team that stops the run. Like, why won't they be forced into a passing situation? As for the Jags, coming off their best game of the season, they had a season-high six sacks last week against the Panthers. The Panthers who the Bucks play. You see the correlation here. We're kind okay. of chasing our tail, but I think both are an option. The Bucks, you're paying up a little bit here to be different. They're priced as if they're playing the worst team in the NFL because they are. The Jags, a little more soppy-centric here because I think they're going to drive and score you know, with consistency here and force Tennessee into a negative game script. Jags have a pick in four of their last five games. Think they make it five out of six. Maybe they score. They've got options there as they win the division title this weekend. Soppy, I'd be on board with the Jags if they were playing the Panthers again this week. But uh, <laughs> can we do I'll, that? Can we make that happen? <laughs> that would be that would be sweet. Uh, unfortunately, I, again, I, I've got. Just got a little hesitation about Derrick Henry. I, I just of have course. a feeling in front of that home crowd. Uh, could they, against a divisional opponent, get Derrick Henry? That'd be the only scenario where that scares me for the Jags. But I, I understand the thought process. And, you know, whether you're going against Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, that always makes sense, too. For me, Zoppy, I want to take a moment to go ahead and, and, like, process that there is the potential that. Bill Belichick, this could be his final game as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Now, we don't know that, but certainly it seems like that that is a possibility. And they're at home against the lowly New York Jets offense. And while, sure, Brees Hall has had some big fantasy performances over the last couple weeks, this is a divisional opponent 
at home. And this defense, the New England Patriots, even though they have not achieved any sort of you know success by the lofty standards that they've achieved during the Bill Belichick era for the majority of their time there, um, they are still, over the last three games, giving up less than 300 yards of total offense. Um, which that's only can only be said about seven other teams. So I still think that this defense is going to show up against an offense that has shown us that they have laid eggs on numerous occasions throughout the 2023 regular season. I think that New England gets one final send-off goodbye, potentially, to arguably the greatest coach in NFL history in Bill Belichick there in New England. I don't mind the play there and targeting the Jets is nothing new. We want <laughs> defenses. We want teams that are going to win, right? I mean, we want teams to keep the opposing score low. We want turnovers, all that good stuff. When do you think the Jets' last win was against the Patriots in regulation? So overtime wins do not count. Give me the Ooh. date. Give me the date the last time the Jets in regulation beat the Patriots. Soppy, that's those are numbers, and I'm not good with numbers. So uh, help me out here. Maybe I, I would probably say like what 20, 2020? Yeah, you're gonna have to go back a little further than that. You didn't have kids. <laughs> you may not have had facial hair. You may not have had to shave. We're talking January sixteenth, twenty eleven. That was the last time that uh, fifteen straight wins, and then you've got a few overtime games in there. Jericho Cotri was the leading receiver of that game. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say the Patriots are in a good spot to win, and if they're going to win, the fantasy points could follow. Don't mind that call. Don't think it'll be overly popular either. So that'll do it for at least the final DFS edition of the 2023 regular season. Uh, if you have not yet done so, and this is your first time coming across the YouTube channel or checking out uh, any of our podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, like, Hit the bell so you get notified with a ding, ding, ding every single time we drop a new bit of video content on the YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening via audio podcast, subscribe, rate, review, a five-star review. Gets us off on the right foot to start the 2024 calendar year. Um, also, if you have not yet done so, check out all of our fantasy football tools, including a DFS optimizer. Take our picks, run those picks through the optimizing tool along with some of your thoughts uh, to build out your optimal DFS lineup for week 18 and even beyond heading into the NFL postseason uh, over at pfnfantasy.com. For Kyle Soppy, I'm Derek Tate. And until next time, everybody, later, says the table.